world where people strive to conquer the digital landscape, the best leaders are moving forward and planting flags. This is the Oil & Gas Digital Doers Podcast, where you can hear about the thrill of digital victory and the industry's best guidance on how to win with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. Hey everyone, welcome to the all-new Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast, uh, brought to you by the good people at Top Coder, right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network. We do love our sponsors at OGGN. I say this all the time, but without them, there is no us, uh, which is absolutely true. So uh, so we love our sponsors, and so if you're not familiar with Top Coder, uh, they're a new sponsor. This is a new program, and um, Top Coder is, they were one of the pioneers to figure out the whole, something called an open talent model. So if you're not familiar with what an open talent model is, I'm not going to tell you all about it right now, but you can listen to the very first episode of this new podcast. So if you're hearing this one, you're probably hearing something like episode three or four. Um, go back to episode one and you can listen to Clinton Bonner tell you about what they're doing. It really is. I was, I was actually impressed by the end of that episode. Uh, I, it was, it was better than I expected. So, so have a listen to that. Also check out topcoder.com. I'm sitting here today at the fabulous Canon on the west side of Houston and my guest today uh, David Reed who is a great friend of OGGN and always up for anytime we need a we need somebody to show up on a podcast yeah, you're always you, you have an empty always, spot just throw me in you're it. always here it's, it's fantastic <laughs> so um, especially useful for when we're trying to get a new show going and we're trying to figure out what it's about and everything before we get to David uh, I have to do this thing where I beg for reviews so I'm, I'm running out of creative ways to uh, to, to ask for reviews uh, I don't have a I don't have any sort of a funny one today, so I'm just going to ask you to please go, especially this being a new podcast. Um, I know there's probably not much to review yet. We probably only, by the time you're hearing this, we've done a couple episodes, but you could also leave some ideas and some feedback and, or leave some reviews for any of the other, any of the other shows, especially the Oil and Gas Tech podcast, which is also hosted by yours truly. We love to hear about what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, what you like, what you don't like. It's the best way we find out. So leave some reviews. And now, without, uh, I don't have any other humorous anecdotes or anything today. We're just going to, and, and plus David has to get on the road to Denver, to, not Denver, Dallas. I hope not Denver. Yeah, Denver, if you Dallas, want. it's one of those, one of those northern towns. You got, <laughs> once you get, once you get north of Waco, it's yeah. really all, I don't know really what's all the same. Yeah. So, um, so you got to get to, you're driving to Dallas yeah. today. So for those of you who are not from Texas, you know, it's funny. I had, um, when I first, my family first moved here, um, I don't want to say what decade it was, but I was in high One school. I was in high school, and and uh, yeah, and the colors were bright, and the music was sizzly. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and and uh, um, and and I and we moved from New Jersey, and and after, in the first year or two that we were here, so we're in Houston, and so somebody would call, some friends or family would call from New Jersey, and they'd say, "Hey, we're going to be in Dallas next week." We thought maybe we could just drop by and have just lunch, come say right? Hello. And then I'd have to, to explain that that's like, that's like you're in, like, you know, it's kind of like you're in in New York City, and you just said I'm going to be in Boston. Right? Would you like to like they I'll, don't have I'll be that. in DC. Come like, come over. Yeah, it's like 240 <laughs> miles from here to there. So you gotta you gotta drive. Um, let's talk about a few things. First of all, uh, for those of you who haven't heard David um, on other podcasts. 
um, you also are, and you have your own, so you're kind of a celebrity yes. out there. So I don't know if you require introduction, but you are both the CTO and the CMO right. for NOV. That's a lot of letters. Yeah. Um, and, and you uh, are also a great friend and you get involved in a lot of things that we do here. So what else? Um, well, I'm not going to ask you to do your whole story, but don't but be sorry because we don't have that kind of time. It's a long story, but but um, but you have been with NOV for something like 30 years, yeah, right? Something like so. Yeah. How so? So how? And, and you were an you were originally an architect, not right. not a software architect, which is what we usually mean these True. days when we say architect. True, it was actual physical building, like a did a nightclub person. and a yeah. You know, did a downtown holiday in in LA and worked on yeah houses up in Silicon Valley. Yeah, did all sorts of weird design things. So how did, um, just for grins, how did the few years of architect career turn into this oil and gas thing? I was pretty bad is what I thought. That was the main problem. That's always a good reason for a chef. You know, yeah, not being it? good at your job definitely is a sign. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, I don't know if I was good or bad, but I, I definitely had definite opinions and that doesn't work when you're trying to have a job like that and you're creative and... Uh, yeah, and they, they. I was. Yeah, so I got tons of stories in that space, but it didn't take long. It was only a few years, but I really worked out this isn't me. And then ultimately, had a great design job in Scotland, and I showed them a nightclub that was a church conversion, and they'd right. already built it, and no one came. And so I, I was like, they gave a young person a shot, and I, I made it all dance floor, and they just fired me on the spot. <laughs> they were like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> They ended up building it exactly the way I designed it. Really? So either yeah. they were getting a cheap design or, or the, the owners wanted what I yeah. drew. Um, but it made me feel better two years later. My cousin was a DJ there and I got to see it and went, this is the design. This, this is, is what you drew. Yeah. They said it was stupid and it worked. Anyone yeah. in the oil field has been to that club over the last 30 years. Yeah. That's so <laughs> they, they all know it because it was only one for a long time in Aberdeen. But it was a church first. It was a church. It was it was, church. Uh, it was called the Ministry of Sin. So anyone I knew who was a church-going person was not a fan <laughs> of what I did. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that counts as a church, but yeah, that's a different. That's yeah, a that's a whole other subject. Yeah. So okay. So so you ended up. So you gave that up, and you said. Yep. And you said, "I'm going to go do what?" Well, I I had a friend who worked in Baker and and on a small subsidiary there, and I worked there for a year just trying to keep a wage. And then I met someone from Varco who seemed like seemed like in, to be into what I studied and why my final thesis in college, which was on uh, construction in uh, in London and why it was all American companies. So it got into this dealing with American and, and British culture and work. And um, so offered me a job in the repair workshop where he was Californian trying to influence a bunch of Scottish people in a in a repair shop and so yeah he offered me a job and i wasn't that interested it was maybe an hour away which in scotland is like the distance you go for the weekend not not right. daily work not where you right right so um but they all had apple Mac you're almost to england right at that point if yeah, you almost, an hour, yeah. Right? yeah yeah i didn't know what language they were talking <laughs> down there but they uh yeah they had apple mac computers on every desk of the three interviews i did and that that got me going because at that point sure in 92 i was like hmm had not seen these yet, and and everyone gets one, so they were pretty advanced, and and I was like the kid who wanted the computers, and yeah. so yeah, everything else at first was not that important, but I, I did fall in love with the giant machines, and became especially the big robots we made. When you're talking a hundred foot tall robot, 
Right. It was like, I'm like, we do this now? A hundred foot tall robot. Yeah. So now, I, of course, immediately I have a picture in my mind of this, like, this giant Godzilla like, arms, fighting yeah, robot. Yeah, kind Transformer. Of what, what, yeah. Kind of a, <laughs> what kind of a hundred well, foot robot? Well, I mean, in those days... They, I mean, it, it was it was a pipe handling machine, but but ultimately it had arms and grabbed things and, yeah, and it moved yeah. around. Did it have and a face at all? It there did never a, have a face. face. They, that was probably why those that design wasn't so successful. Right. You need a good face on you have your to robot. It's a paint a face on it somewhere. It should have. Yeah. They were named. They would always name them. Sure. So, yeah. um, but but it was it was just a big machine, and um, and they had bought a solid state computing company rather than rotating memory. And um, there was wasn't the smartest thing to do, but it seemed like they were so futuristic. They're like, let's let's use our own computers. Let's let's make them ourselves and right. do the software ourselves. So my first shop experience was just trying to get those machines to behave once, so you could ship it, because it was such a <laughs> such a fragile machine, and it's on this high, heavy piece of steel. One time, put a bow on it. And it's <laughs> like it worked. Okay, ship it. <laughs> Because it was, uh, and, and I'll never forget how, how low cost it all was because your oil field parts were high. Yeah. I had and a blender one time that I think followed, they followed it the same It was the same, standard. I think everything right. around that time yeah. was that way. Yeah, yeah. But we, uh, we, we uh, you'd get in a, a, a control board and, and um, you'd, I'd ask them, you know, okay, what's the repair procedure on, on these PCBs? And, and they'd be like, um, throw it away. <laughs> It cost. It cost. The fact they shipped it to you was more money than it's it was, worth. It was give them of, a new one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's the repair procedure. Yeah, it's not one. They should never have shipped it. Right. Next yeah. time, tell them to throw it away, and we'll give them a new one. Right. Like, that's right. the repair procedure. Like when you have you ever done this with Amazon? Every once in a while, you 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 go to do a return, and you get the notification that says, "Don't even bother Don't sending bother, it back. Just yeah, we're, just it. Gonna, we're just going to give you another one. No, right? it's just not worth it. Then you're learning. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Wonder how much these things cost. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Maybe I should have. So, all right. So you. So that was that began this. Long yeah, that drew me in, and, and the culture of the company drew me in. It was a very advanced thinking. Very. So my my architectural creative design side, um, they recognized that. I think within my third year, I was on a rig, and I designed uh, an alternative solution to the the standards sure. that we made, and it, it made it up to top management, and they moved me out to California. Right. And um, wow. I, I had started in the 80s doing, I, I think I briefly mentioned it, Silicon Valley houses. And all my friends from that era, when, when I was first dating my wife and when we just knew, were newly married, um, so all my friends worked in, in that space. So I had a lot of Silicon Valley insight just because your friends are doing it, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that always had, gave me a benefit over others, I think, in general. Because I always had this kind of advanced insight. It was usually years away before you saw. Right. I'll never forget the years they talked about cloud, and I thought they were all crazy. I'm like, yeah, just just talk normal. There's right. the, cloud is a stupid word. You know, they'd always say these things. And you're like, give me give me it in English. What are you talking? It's a big computer. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big yeah. Well, yeah. it's a big computer that can make itself over again. Correct. A lot of times, right? So um, that's interesting. So you went from from Scotland to. Scotland to, to Southern California, yeah, in the, and then in the '90s. In the '90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I quickly, I think '90, oh gosh, '94, I was doing the pipe handling systems for Norway, right, and and I, I became the guy because they they quickly worked out I was geeking on all this stuff, yeah, and so I was like obsessively interested, and so they they kept giving me jobs that led that way, 
And um, when I got to California, it was really edgy for the company. It wasn't where the money was being made. It was really just right, R&D right. Yeah. Um, in the field, as we used to back do Back when back this then. industry used to be able to like spend money just on R&D. Well, right? it was, no, no. It was, actually, they, well, had a, they had a philosophy. They had come through the 80s downturn yeah. with, a, with the top drive machine that saved the company. Right. And then the same thing happened with, with pipe handling. It saved the company in, in a downturn. So having something of value you can sell. Yeah, um, yeah, is really where the good R and D happens. It's not. It doesn't really happen that well in good times. I really like the downturns. Yeah, interesting. Because they they force you to get serious about value. Right, right. Everything yeah. else is a hobby. You know? Yeah. Like, so, I, I was thinking of amount of money spent on R and D versus actual mm, value coming out of R and D. That's right. right. You're probably right. There's, so, there's more cash in it. But, yeah. but this this type of era right now, I love. Yeah, you because and you're, and that culture of the company, we're still spending. Right. And um. Lots of people are just trying to look like they're spending, but they're they're not really they're developing not really, anything. Right, yeah. high grading a lot mm-hmm. stuff. So okay, so I, I said that I wouldn't. Um, you wouldn't go long, go, and here go, we are. Go Time's up. Thanks, story. thanks for yeah. the. That's yeah. the end of the show. It's good. Cue the cue <laughs> the end music. Um, no, but I think that your background is interesting to the topic of. So this new podcast is all about what we want to do is not so much. You know, on the tech show we talk about the tech itself right. and how cool it is and all the things. Right. Um, but we've been at this digital transformation thing now in earnest for at least a couple of years. Yeah. And so we'd like to be able to start looking at where have people actually, how are people making progress? Because mm. there, you know, there was no shortage of press coverage about how sure. we're trying and we're not making progress. Right. Right. And so, so how are people making progress um, and what's working and what's not working? And there's another thing. And so the reason why I think your background is relevant to that. And in fact, I'm, I'm even gonna. So there's some there's some amazing statements about you on the NOV website. I don't obviously, know if, you, if you've read I try if you've not to. read your bio, but it does say, among other spectacular things, that um, that you were a core pioneer, a core pioneer of modern drilling equipment, drilling automation, and oil field digitization. Yeah. So with that whole, so you got this background of. Of, of of getting into these things and moving them forward, yeah. right? And 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 the tech interest and and pioneering these things. So you must have a perspective when you're sitting back now and you're watching. It's all very old to me. This digital <laughs> trans- it really it is, is the it same stuff over old. and over again. No, right? but I mean, <laughs> I agree that it's the last two years, but also it's for me, it's a couple of decades of of work coming to fruition. Yeah. So that. So what. Um, so when you look around, whether it be at NOV or at your customers or whatever, um, what do you see? What makes you what makes you look at people and what they're doing and and nod your head? And what makes you look at people and what they're doing and kind of shake your head and go, okay. "No, you're, you want you're getting nod, it wrong." You want, you want that order? <laughs> not not, not necessarily. Either like uh, well, I'll start with the negative. Alphabetically or chronologically, I'm, I'm either. Scottish, either. so yeah. my natural tendency is to tell Let's you what's broken with, and what's wrong. Okay. Um, a lot of talk has been not helpful. There's a lot of that kind of um, press release for attention behavior. Sure. Or I'm working with a big company, which is, you know, I'm going to use the big brand name in a press release. Or right. There's a, there's a ton of that that I'm not sure is valuable. A lot of work went into gathering data with no purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, a, there was a lot of that no purpose stuff where people didn't think about business case going into this, just thought, I don't know what the question is, but the answer is, Right. Right. So we were getting more data was the answer. And all the systems need to be, I mean, a lot of people stepped back in their thinking. So there was a lot of retrospective planning. What we need to do is learn to standardize. If we could just standardize, 
that that's like such an ancient concept in this yeah, world. Sure. Um, but certainly, if you want to remember how things worked 10, 20 years ago, that was the story. And you read the book, and now you believe that's the answer. So a lot of that happened. Yeah. Where people are trying to just pound in this. I mean, I see tons of standardization groups, some doing good, but but a lot missing the tech, missing what the tech can do, and how smart systems can communicate with each other. So, so on the downside, a lot of pressing, a lot of the non-doers, which I actually like your name of your your podcast for that reason, is that I've watched large groups of people who aren't doers trying to set standards and develop you know the industry and then there are the doers out here actually spending money doing the work right who are learning how to actually do it who are being forced by contract rather than by committee yeah and so right. there's right. some really good work going on pushing people together which is we, we didn't naturally play well together cooperation as we often call it yeah. right so we're yeah we're, we're playing together but we're not and everyone's trying to protect their their peace and the lawyers did some great conferences, clearly, because they were all told, your data is everything, protect it with your life. Right. And so suddenly we were, you know, getting stuck in the mud. And so a lot of that happened, a lot of struggling to learn how to appropriately see what data sharing does and connecting does. And um, some good work on the on the OSDU, the open, right. sta- you know, yeah. looking for that standardized way of... The spirit of, of, of it is there. That, anyway. The right idea yeah, for, yeah. for certain information, but... But I don't, there's there's work we've been doing. I know in the drilling world we had there's a few key people who've been doing this, um, and learning. They don't have issues with what they want to share or how they want to share. So we've done some really good work lately. I mean, just NOV with the service companies, mm-hmm. and um, we did a lot of um, kind of our edge work, particularly uh, edge devices, looking at you know getting out of the cloud and how are we how are we dealing with the actual field right. implementation right. and communication of systems. And um and that's that's gone well for us because we started working on translation rather than standardization. Because we in NOV we 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 bought almost a three hundred companies. <laughs> Everyone has their own control right. system, their own software. Yeah, sure. So we've had to struggle with it. And the answer to our problems was was make a translator. Don't get everyone to change all their software. Right. Because you can't afford it. Yeah, right. It's interesting. So you had a whole complex ecosystem just within your own company. Correct. Really, to and and we, we did about six years ago, got everyone together. And historically, this never works because software is a, is a battlefield. And whatever you did and whatever you worked on is a thousand times better than what anyone else worked on. And that's just the rules of software. Yeah. And yeah. so you have to be able to level <laughs> right. that playing field. Yeah. And we did it. We, I was amazed. I, I sat in our first meeting going, this is never going to work. But there was something of maturity and awareness as the world was changing that, that our, our teams went, okay, I'm going to play. And uh, as that happened, it, it, it works. It's a lot better than standardization to have a translation module. Interesting. So, so yeah. So it's funny that, um, so if I'm if I'm summing up what you're saying as you're as you're talking through this, we we, we always end up. Um, in fact, I mentioned this. We had a, a one of our live stream programs that I was hosting a couple of weeks ago, and um, that was I think it was the one about AI and machine learning. But yeah. I, I said at some point I said you know it seems like no matter what topic we tackle, whatever technology or whatever operational Mm. discipline or whatever, as soon as we start talking about digital, transforming, making progress, we always end up at at, at one of two or both of two subjects, one of which is data 
um, and the other one is is culture right. and people being able to work and and yeah, so yeah. so in five minutes of answering that question, you 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 hit both of those right. And which which I mean, it's just true. Uh, the what is happening is it's working now. So the the downturn's helping a lot. Um, people, we we've, we've had groups and operators who had done great work in this space for themselves, who came to us and said, "We're going to kill this program. Can you can you keep it alive?" Which was really helpful. So we started building teams with operators to develop. Interesting. Um, so yeah. they were handing over their knowledge, and we were starting to say, "Let's let's learn how to share this because why are we protecting it? It's not really your differentiating factor." And most of all companies were dealing with, "I can't keep my systems alive." And with data and with systems, volume matters. And so people not playing together is actually bad for your business case. Yeah. Because the systems have to learn off of multiple applications, not, not just your little set of six rigs or 20 rigs or whatever you're doing. You know? So it, it really opened it up. And it's only been in the last maybe six months that the service companies have understood we can take care of part of your business and you can, you can interface with our stuff easily. And so we, we were going that way, but there was a lot of natural resistance. But desperation has made people go, okay, why don't let our software guys, your software guys, sit down and work it out? And they go, oh, it, it works. <laughs> this stuff works. We can communicate. We can make it work. Yeah. And uh, you're going to see press releases coming out where people are starting to go, oh, our systems can work seamlessly with each other. Um, and that's a, that's a breakthrough of a downturn, which normally a growth business should be pushing it. But this is actually just throwing it into that environment like you've got no choice but to work together right. so, what I, so what i'm hearing is that maybe some of the secret to success and moving your digital initiatives forward has um isn't just about the technology itself or about having the right roadmap or the right. right design but this whole ability of people in different slices of the industry to be able to work together which we've always known has been a challenge um i mean and and you mentioned osdu right. johan was was preaching that message even before all this downturn just you right. know with the, the idea that you know we think that really understanding what is our secret sauce and what is not our secret sauce yes. and let's level the playing field. If we level the playing field and work together on the stuff that's really not competitive, then we're going to strengthen the whole right. industry and kind of lift everybody up together. Well, and when OSDU came into the drilling environment, it, it, it couldn't get what it wanted. And so three, I think three groups developed to try and fix the problem. Yeah. Most of whom were not doers. They yeah. were actually people who wanted to fix the problem. And um, I think we're I think we're moving into a space now with the work we've been doing to actually be able to solve it with almost no work, which is which is the key for everybody, is that yeah. we don't do don't force us into standards that mean, hey, I know it's a downturn and you, I know you spent millions getting here, but could you scrap all that and do it again <laughs> so that we can all connect way, our right? models? Yeah, it's a terrible concept, and everyone's like, I don't know why everyone keeps leaving our group who are, who are actually doing anything. Well, because they invested a ton of money to get here that they're never getting back. Yeah. You know, yeah. Our, our models aren't, we're not natural software paying uh, industry. So the idea of paying for that work, they're like, no, it should be free. It's software. Yeah. Because there's such a hardware focused world. So. Right, right. Um, it's, it's really starting to develop now. And I think, I think you'll see the next couple of years, some really rapid advancement in, in those things. In terms of the the ability to collaborate across yes. the different and, system, and systems people have been designing being able to actually I mean the dream in all of the data side when it comes to drilling and wells 
is that ultimately you're going to start drilling a smarter well that knows what it's supposed to be doing, what it's supposed to be seeing, and it's adjusting. And as it's adjusting, it's changing the model, also changing the earth model and the outcomes, looking at outcomes and then looking at previous wells and how they've produced and, and changing your trajectory so that we have these ultra productive yeah. wells. That's the dream everyone's talking about. Right. They're maybe holding a different part of the elephant, but that's the dream. That it, um, right, right. But but together they have all these barriers, right? And so it's uh, and that's all the communication of the system. That's the the barriers is the thing. I mean, I know that uh, a couple of years ago I was working with a company that was doing some uh, among among everybody else trying to do some stuff with digital twins, and um, in this case it was for uh, uh, subsea field planning yeah. design and everything, right? So um, something a little bit different from the weld thing, but but the point was that it wasn't the, 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 you know, the ability to get all the right data and put it into a twin and then be able to do analytics on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, getting the right data and having it be accurate and clean, that is right. one problem that you got to solve, right? But that, that is part of what we're, what we are solving, but that's okay. Okay, Carry good. On. No, so we should yeah. come back to that. But, but the real obstacle was, and this is for, for uh, offshore field design and plant field engineering is, well, the, in order to, all the work that has to be done on that field mm -hmm. isn't done by one company. Right. Right. And so. It's a very complex ecosystem. So all, but so there's, so there's this whole ecosystem of, of, of operators and EPCs and all these. Right. And, and, and they're all interested in the, if your vision of the twin making it go better is going to be succeed, mm -hmm. everybody has to participate in the twin. But they're not all going to put their data into right. it, right? Nobody wants um, to share because the way they've been doing it so far is they hand each other powerpoints that are the, the, right. the very, whatever their output was. That was that was so so in the in the notion of doing right, right? That was where it all stopped for, yeah, for huge, most people. Huge barrier. And, I mean, and 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 I mean there there's a there's a definite desire to tell stories rather than to do to get the work done. So the, the, there's <laughs> there's a ton of that, yeah. a ton of the easy work. Anybody wants to work with a another cloud solution, which just gets back to your quality of data problem. Everyone's working in that space because it's available from other industries. So, well, yeah, we'll do that all day long. We'll connect up your systems, but what about the bad data? Um, that is a challenge, is how do, we, how do we get the dirty work of getting field data back and make sure that it's good, you know? So, well, and, and that's not, so for people who aren't familiar with the industry or maybe aren't familiar with these, these disciplines, the bad data is not like, the occasional exception. No, it's the right? norm. There's a lot, right? Yeah. And so, so what? So then, what are we? I mean, well, let's touch on that for a minute because how are you guys? Well, dealing it's with in that? the. I mean, we're already pulling. It's it's really how you deal with good data in the field world. And so the problem is, all of your experts who are used to cloud don't want to play in the field world. In fact, we've learned with oil and gas, we're, we may be pioneering this because everywhere we've gone, we we weird thing about NOV is we work in lots of different industries. So we get to meet certain people who say things and when they see what we're doing, they're like, oh my goodness, this is what we're struggling with. Right. No one's actually solving this. They're, they're, they're telling better stories. Um, but it's pretty rare to get, you know, complex ecosystems of data working well together. Yeah. And, um, but what we're doing is it's really trying to get and, you know, timestamping is one, one big part of data is, you know, can we actually get things all on the same clock? You know, right. get, getting that synchronized, getting uh, actually knowing what you're dealing with. Is it good enough data, you know, and being able to, there are some AI pieces that are 
cleaning up some of that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to actually improve your performance. And some is better sensors and better right. uh, better field devices. But that is all being worked on. Um, it's not over, but but it's being it's now we're actually in that space making that work. We find that nobody really wants to be in that space. It's not a it's not no. a pleasant place to be, and there's no you know there's no easy fix. Well, and you need real domain domain knowledge and expertise to right. play in that space. That's that's what we've learned, and that's why yeah. the big guys stop there. They're like, oh yeah, you if you can get us better data, so you end up these stories of the data's bad. It's not my fault. Yeah. So what you've done is spent you know millions, if not billions, in the industry on these systems that need good data, and they're not getting good data. So um, we're we're working on that, and that's uh, as we start to collaborate, it allows us to yeah to get systems to communicate better, and then at least look at where where our weak points are and right. where we need to shore up. Interesting. So um, I'm thinking about uh, and we did, so we we started down this path, and I said what. Um, what is what's not working and what is working and um we kind of we we kind of rolled that all into a single view of well what really makes this work or keeps it or stops it working is people's ability to solve these other issues involved with how we work together right with the right data things like that what um um what so is that the prescription? So when you're when you're working with it's your only some customers, it. it's what, only, what else it's, goes into that recipe for uh, the, the being thing, successful? The thing most people got wrong was they threw tons of cash at a problem, thinking that would solve or suddenly well, make things. Because it usually work. works, right? Yeah. It's always a good idea, <laughs> but but instead of value driving, and so we we saw it a lot with people would start getting these. I won't mention names, but big big yeah, proven systems from other industries. And so what they got to do was learn how bad their data was and that, that it was un, unstructured and they couldn't do anything about it. And so a lot of people did that, paid a lot of money to find out it's messy out there. Okay, thanks. Right. That was, right. A, that was a valuable project. Um, instead of going, taking your, your value cases from, all right, do proof cases that are huge value now and slowly move across your system. And uh, people weren't doing that. Most, most cases were, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab everything, you know, yeah. and start going after everything. And so each of those, we found that's been growing really well, where we're, we're t- walking things through the proper development steps of different parts of the process. So that's, that's been very interesting. And we, the places it's been really easy is where there's no one there already. So if you had very mechanized systems, um, the adoption is through the roof on, sure. you know, so you look at frack spreads or you look at right. call tubing units or you look at all these processes that were at, at best maybe mechanized uh, but definitely we had, but there's no resistance then. There's no one writing code who's saying, I'm not going to share my code. So you start getting base control systems and you start then hooking them up and connect them. It's so much easier, so much faster. Yeah. So, I mean, all of that, that's all about moving past that hype cycle, right? Of right. telling stories and spending money right. to getting to the point of saying, well, what are we really going to do yeah. in a smart way? Which, by the way, the industry knows how to identify problems and tackle them in smart right. ways. I mean, it's not a, you know, we, it's not, um, but we have to know what problem. Well, in fact, um, my friend Kayla Ball, who's right, in, has an office right down the, the hall here in, yeah. uh, for Valadier, she always likes, and, and so she, she grew up as a, as a exploration geologist and, and has been a, a product manager for many different, for IHS and other software yeah. companies. And she always asks this question that says, what problem? Let's make sure we know what problem we're right. solving. Outcome-driven innovation. And, we call and it's it. so yeah. amazing how much how much uh, 
momentum there is sometimes behind things and you haven't really identified no, what it is. All. Well, especially in a tech area where you, you know you've got to do it, you don't understand it, you've heard the buzzwords. We need to have those buzzwords. That's what happens in companies. Yeah, we have I, to, we need more, we need to be saying the same things as they're saying. And, and, it, and it causes just this big snowball of, of wasted costs, you know. Yeah. And if you get down to, uh, I mean, I think our first um, performance product was that, the, that, you know, we found the most expensive small thing that happens uh, in blowout preventers. And so the control systems 10,000 uh, feet below you have to, you know, be able to work. And if, they, if, they, if anything fails on what is a highly duplicated system, so you have two control pods, both identical, and inside of that multiple redundancies on every button that you push, um, they, they put it above what, a, what an airplane is using from a redundancy factor. But if one valve fails, the whole stack gets pulled. So millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. But you had 100% redundancy. One of the fixes was put a third pod on, uh, you know, at whatever, <laughs> so, $20 million. So 200% redundancy, right? <laughs> right. So then if we had another one, then we, that was one of the answers people were looking at. Yeah. The answer was predict that failure. Right. And, and we did. We, we got to, you know, a minimum of 15, 14 days. We know it's going to fail, but it still functions. Switch pods. Yeah. Never pull that stack until, you know, you have enough backup for a dangerous situation. Right. But you know it's going to fail. It was, it was straight money for a really simple device. Yeah. That's the, and work back from that, which is what we did. We started going backwards. Okay, what's the next most expensive thing yeah. that happens? And how do we, as opposed to... People were literally going on. Let's let's take sensors on everything. Let's find ways to do that. But well, it's a, it, it, yeah. I mean, you have to get into why. It's and an what, actual what drives it. like methodology approach right. for making progress. I think um, um, it makes me think that as you're as you're describing. So we did this and we did this and we did this. Um, another another kind of piece of the of the recipe for people who are who are listening to this or thinking about how do I move things forward? And this is going to, I'm going to tee this up a little bit. This is a little bit of a softball, but I think it's relevant, which is you, you have to, it's not just about working with other people, but it's about working with the right people. Yeah. Right. And so you want to, um, you know, if you're working, if you say, I want to, I want to do something, it helps if you're working with somebody who, who's done it right. and, or who's made progress in that, right. in that objective. Right. And so, um, so this would be a time where you could, I mean, you, you just said you all the things that great. You, you could say, <laughs> so you should do it with, but, no, but, but, I, but there's, well, honestly, it should be everybody. It, it isn't, it isn't just us, but learning people who have done is really important in this. And there yeah. are, we have competitors who've also done things like we have done. And um, we're trying to learn how to communicate across systems and with systems. And so in this space, um, for sure, work with people who the theorists will take you down. Yeah. Like if you've got a, if you're getting, if you're a startup and you've got board members who came out of oil companies, it's not going to help you because they're not business people. Right. And they will, they will teach you to develop the things that maybe do or don't make money. Yeah. It's yeah, just not sure. natural for them to, sure. to think about business things. No, it's uh, not. But they do know how to ask for things. And so, <laughs> but so, so it's, it's really yeah, tough, yeah, but those yeah. are, those are real things to consider. They have their value because they understand the whole value chain. But having in the mix people who who know their stuff, working with people. I mean, we 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 built our first platform uh, for um, process control on top of our existing equipment. It's a simple add-on, and um, but we did the base work in the upturn with people outside of the industry, 
But the goal was to make it that anyone could work on the platform. And um, we ended up in the process just controlling our own equipment. We wanted to control everything originally. And but then we realized the best thing is we have standardized systems, standardized machines. It's very easy to put apps on it. So that was kind of our first app system, but we wanted to create an ecosystem where people could turn up on any rig. And no matter right. who you are, I think half of our apps uh, are not large companies. They're all startups who then offer you know, that, that functionality on, on rigs that have our, our system on. Well, that's the right, that's the, ph it's a philosophy really, right? It's, um, I remember learning about this um, from my friend, uh, Joanne Meyer, who was one of the original um, uh, engineers, operational engineers for Era Energy when mm. Shell and who was it? Shell and, it was a joint venture in California out in yeah. Bakersfield, your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and even back in the 90s, they had this, this notion of, like one of the things, they wanted to be very uh, modern and advanced. And so one of their principles was, we want to take everybody who, and I don't remember the details now, she tells it much better, but everybody who's behind the control, has their hands on the controls on this thing over there, mm -hmm. and on a moment's notice, we want them to be able to come over and put their hands on the controls on this thing over here, sure. and they can work on it, and, they, and we can carry on, right? Sure. And the other ones can go over there. And so it's a different way of thinking, right. but there's also a, ph a philosophical thing that I think um, is worth touching on here before we wrap up, which is um, sometimes, because I mentioned partnering, working with people who are, who are doing. Right. But sometimes we get hung up on, have you ever done this very specific thing before? Right. And when you're in these innovation cycles, there may not be, right. like not, not having done this exact thing may not be a disqualifier. Right. right? So what you, want to, what you really want to understand is what is your, what is your pattern for being mm -hmm. able to take things and, that require innovation and planning and execution and all that sure. stuff and move them forward? Well, and I mean, for us, and I think Halliburton's doing their labs with, with renewables and other things and startups, but I think we have test facilities, we have things people can come in. So there, there, there are ways, like we do work with companies that we're not going to buy and we're not interested in. And we just want them to exist. Like there's a benefit or it could be a supplier to us. So I, I think I think working with people who are who are on the hands-on side and yeah. can give you volume. I think one of the other weaknesses is to latch on to someone who doesn't have enough assets. Um, there's certainly I know when Nano started, it was one of those I had to guide them away from oil companies because the assets aren't aren't strong enough. Like you need to go develop in some mass-produced world and bring that product back to us. Yeah. But but don't don't start here because our volume isn't enough, and so. That's another part is understanding, right. you know, how can I get the most access to the most market? That was kind of our, our Novos approach was to, to make a system that, I mean, we're over 100 applications now where you can get onto a rig and it's, it's just a software development kit. You know, yeah. that, that, that model works. And we're doing the same in our Max platform, which is allowing us to go on anything. So we, it doesn't matter whose equipment it is, that'll actually allow data to be collected and from field devices, so. It's pretty, I, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, you're saying it in a very matter of fact sort of way, but, and as you mentioned, you've been watching this all come for to fruition for and, years. And, it, and it's, it has not been easy. But to be able to stand here today and say that we can do those kinds of things that you just said, right. that's pretty, it's pretty And, uh, and we're not just saying it. I mean, we're, we're, most people do say, well, as soon as they think of the idea, they start putting press releases out. Sure. We're very restrained to not talk till we have it. Till we're doing it and so yeah. i think a lot of people have been surprised because we've been talking about the max platform and when we sit down and we show them the tech they go oh, oh my goodness this is this is great like, right. they'll drop their own work like okay we're going to stop doing what we're doing because this is available and it's it's neutral right you can, you can be a third party 
supplier to us and, and we can just use this and stop developing it. Yeah, so you're... So, and this is another thing that kills progress sometimes, right, is you when you when you pair up and you're not at that level of readiness yet mm. the relationship starts right people start signing mous right but and the 18 months later it just loses traction because you didn't have anything that you could really act on right uh, right so by by waiting until you really have something then it shortens and, your i mean we we have facilities we have a i mean i run the navasota facility we have and it's got a drilling rig on it and it's got production equipment it's got you know all sorts of stuff we've got our own uh, intervention system that we've designed with a you know lo lots of things that we're doing a bunch of robotics they're little different things but what it means is you can then go try in a real drilling environment or a real producing environment and right. just really do some field do work right. before you go out for years we did that live on rigs every time we had to beg to get a shot on a rig and yeah. then after a few people being burned they would say no more right you right. know, so that's that's actually been a good thing to take the edge off. That's right. You know, let's go. We should do a we should do a a video episode, video yeah, podcast yeah. episode up there. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it would be, that uh, would be fun. It would be fascinating. You'd, you'd walk you'd around be, and, and look a, there's at a, it. there's a lot of good stuff up there to that's see. Cool. But it's um, plus the drive down to the country is always it's it's hilly. Fun. It's yeah. hilly up there. Yeah, there are there are hills. There, it's there not are, mountainous. There are bumps in the ground. There are bumps in the ground. Yeah, sure. You can the rig just kind of appears suddenly. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, let's. Um. I. I, I got to get you on your way to. Uh, Dallas, not Denver. Or Denver. Denver. Denver is. Just depends if I, I take the turn. When yeah. I get there. You'll know. You'll know if you're heading to Denver because yeah. it gets hilly. Is that <laughs> hilly like Navasota? Or? Even 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 more worse, hilly. Even more hilly than that. Than that. Yeah, that's so terrible. actually, a really quick thing on that. So this is what it's like living in Southeast Texas, right? And my my family, my my. Um, my kids and everything my wife and we all you know have been here and um my my wife and my daughter who is also a grown person were driving a few weeks ago to nashville right. and they they were in tennessee and they were probably i don't know hour outside of nashville and it was and the weather was kind of bad it was very it was cloudy and rainy and it was it was when we had that cycle of all the storms that went oh, through yeah. there and so the visibility wasn't very good and they were looking out on the horizon and they're going what is that? There's like this dark mass, and they're yeah. like, "Is that a storm or those clouds?" Like, and it was hills, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're just not used to looking for those. That's similar in Scotland with the big yellow thing in the sky that comes out. Yeah, <laughs> I spent a, <laughs> I, I spent a, I, I spent a cold winter in June uh, in Scotland one year where, <laughs> where you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was it was June, but it wasn't yeah. what we call June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah, talking about the month of June, not right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It, yeah. It was rainy and and that cold. Can, that can happen. And they don't have covered walkways to the airplanes. So no, they uh, like to give you some exposure to that. So you get on the plane. Rain. You get on the plane, and now you're all wet. Yeah. From you know. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, Lighten up. That's what they say. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? Yeah. What are you American? Well, I would never complain out loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I would never. I would never let on. Yeah. No, so this is fine. No problem. It's, <laughs> it's only perfect. a flesh wound. I love this. It's only, it's only a flesh wound. All right. So if somebody, I always ask this. Uh, it's not hard to find out information about NOV, but I usually ask people if. I usually say if people want to learn more about what you're doing, is there anything besides the NOV website? Is there anything in particular that you could point people at? I know sure. you guys are doing podcasts and other things. There. Yeah, we have we have live casts. The the that's probably the best way to, yeah. to search subjects. We have subject experts, and then we have outside market experts as well. So NOV Live is worth looking up, and then yeah. uh, Insight. Uh, 
Um, that that's another good show that good. we bring in people from the outside with Asad Mohana. So there's a couple of things. Cool. We, we right. definitely YouTube have some good video and right, educational. Right. We're always, we'll put all always that. producing. We'll put all that in the show notes. So yeah. that assuming I remember to. And every every business has its own LinkedIn channel, so you can yeah, uh, check so you out can, the yeah. subject of your every every business unit within NOV. Yeah, right? has, has their own has yeah, their own yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. There's, okay, the, there's a master channel, and then there's like every if you're every, like if you happen to okay. be into offshore wind, there's a there's a separate there's a one for that. Excellent. If you're if you're a data person, there's there's MD Taco's channel or MD you know, Taco. I'll yeah. tell you a story about MD Taco someday. I did another day. I, I did some work for them. Long, long time ago. So I think it was right after they were acquired for the, the, the merger, the RigSense, the RigSense software and platform. Yeah, mm. yeah, that was that, that was, was our first visit to Washington. The question that had to be answered was, can the .NET framework perform well enough to to be uh, you know the next generation of the RigSense yeah. software? And it I'm was seeing, a, uh, it was I'm much more of a religious faces. conversation than it was a, a, a technical. <laughs> were you up in Austin and <laughs> Cedar Park? Yeah, Cedar, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the uh, I know all those faces. I'm, I was having a flashback. It was as you uh, said that it was it was a good time. I, we spent about a year on that. So all right, so I'm going to wrap up. David Reed, thank you for uh, joining us. We we'll get you on your way to Dallas. There's a few things that I have to say before we wrap up. If you want to walk away and get in your car, that's fine during this part. <laughs> well, no, actually, because there's a couple of things I want to ask you, so don't okay. go anywhere. But um, uh, again, this new this brand new program. If you if you if you tuned in to the Oil and Gas Global Network OGGN here and now event, which David was at. And I was got, there. We, we, on behalf of, of your charity, Red M, right? right? Yeah. And we, we lots uh, of nice checks. Feel free yeah, to we raised a lot money. of we raised a lot of money for that. So we we raised money we didn't know we were going to raise That's true. for that. So if you tuned into that, you saw that we were that we were launching a bunch of new programs. This is one of them, and um, so we do want feedback on uh, you know what would make it good, what do you not care about, and we do want you to pay attention to our sponsor, Top Coder, because they do pay the bills um, on this subject of learning to work together in different ways and embracing collaboration in places where maybe you didn't before. The open talent model is like right in the sweet spot on that and TopCoder is really good at it. So check out topcoder.com or listen to Clinton's episode, episode one of this show and you will learn about that. Also, I got to mention our street team, which the OGGN street team, which is active and living and doing great things. We have a LinkedIn group for that that you can learn more, but it's a great way to get involved, do something good, do something good for us, do something good for you, for the industry. And that is being led by the ever sleepless and hungry Brian Mon. That's M-A-H-N. And if you want to know why I call him ever sleepless and hungry, look at his LinkedIn profile and you'll find out why. Also, you can connect with the OGGN on all the usual social spots. And we got a lot of great things going on. You can go to our website. You can get on the mailing list. So there's a bunch going on. Um, so have a look at all that. Also, just a little uh, reminder that we are able to make these podcasts travel. Um, as I mentioned, maybe we'll go do one up in uh, Navasota. So if you would like to bring the magic of this podcast or any of them to your own corporate events or, or maybe your like your your graduation party or your whatever or your kid's birthday if you want to liven that up and make it a little bit more exciting <laughs> we can do these podcasts anywhere they're very lightweight and it's it's good it's fun people usually have a good time when we do that um as always thank you to our audio wizard audio our audio wizard who will probably just fix the fact that I stumbled over that word, uh, Mr. Emin Fikic in the magical land of Bosnia. He, he, does, he does all the engineering for all the OGGM podcasts. He makes us all sound great, and I don't know what we would do without him. 
And that is going to wrap it up for today. The next thing that you will hear will be our producer, Savannah Wilson, with the events on deck. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for April 2021. This month, we have three events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our in-person event, which is the Spring Pitch Party focused on clean tech. It'll be hosted at the Canon on April 6th. Next, we have our two online events, the University of Houston PES Career Fair on April 8th and the CSPG GeoWomen eTalk on April 20th. Other than these events, OGGN may be hosting some more live streams this month, so make sure to check out our Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com for more information about any of the live streams or events we have coming up. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for April. I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in. Come back next week for yet another exhilarating expedition into the very real world of the best digital doers in the oil and gas industry. A production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com. Oh,